Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Eight-year-old Yosef and his deaf mother, uh, Sahar, are the last Palestinian residents of an otherwise deserted building on the other, uh, in the Israeli part of the city of Hebron. Their island within the Jewish quarter is called the Mute's House by Israeli soldiers, even though Sahar isn't mute at all. It is, this is a, uh, a short doc format film. It's a short film. It's about, uh, I think it's about 30, 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. And it is a short list for the Academy Award consideration for best short documentary film. And we are honored to have with us today the director of the Mutes House, and that would be Tamar Kay. Tamar, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I saw the film last night, and I... It's just, it's a remarkable film, um, and one of the things that just stands out for me uh, watching the film was the humanity of this uh, film and the story. Obviously, the story is moving, um, and there's so many elements to this film, and I want to get to all that. But tell me a little bit about how you came to know about Youssef and Sahar. Sure. Um, I guess it started just out of curiosity to get to know Hebron, the city they live in. It's a city that uh, you hear a lot of in the news in Israel, and I think also outside of Israel, a very, like, conflictual area in Israel. And that's, like, one side of, you know, me hearing of Hebron, and the other side was something to do with my family roots. Uh, my father's American, my mother is Israeli for many generations, and her family arrived to then Palestine in the the late 18th century, and they settled in Hebron. So I heard, like, of Hebron also from that aspect of, like, narratives from my family. And I just kind of wanted to get to know the city on my own and to see what I feel uh, towards it, how it really does look, um, besides the big stories and narratives. And so I decided to go with a friend who's a left-wing activist. He told me a few stories of people there. And then I met uh, I met Yusuf. It was, like, around five years ago. He was a very charming uh, little boy who was five and a half, six years old. I was pretty much amazed by the story, their house, their communication between the mother and the son. Um, and I made a short assignment. I'm a graduate of the San Spiegel Film School in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So that was my second year of, uh, of uh, college, and I made a short assignment. And then I stayed in contact with them for another two, three years, and then I decided to uh, approach them with the idea of making a documentary. Um, and at that stage, I already spoke Arabic a little bit because when I just met them for the first time, I did not know Arabic. He did not know Hebrew. We were just like you know, communi- communicating also with a translator, but also just like the way human beings sometimes communicate when they are forced to without language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to go and learn Arabic in order to be able to create like this uh, intimate one-on-one uh, communication with them. Yeah, that that's fascinating. That initially you were not able you you spoke uh, two different languages, and yet, how were you able to communicate in that initial sort of um, uh, time that you spent with him? Yeah, I think first of all, I think it's really interesting. I think we all have this experience when we go and travel to places that we don't have a commun- uh, common language with, with the people there. There's, I really do believe there's something in like this language of human beings and their gestures and ways to express and understand each other. And also another thing is that when you have a very basic um, vocabulary, you can really go far. I really believe that when I travel places, if I know A, B, C, D, E, F uh, words, you know, a few words, you can really go far. But as I said, I mean, it was very clear to me that I can't 
I mean, people, I, of course, make films and work with translators. That's wonderful. I felt that in this specific situation, I don't want to be, um, you know, this uh, middle person uh, between us. And I also felt that, like, if they get to know me for real and if I get to know them for real, it will only help for, you know, the intimacy that was important to me, uh, the trust that is so uh, important in documentary. Uh, so, so when I started learning, and he also, <clears throat> sorry, he started to go to school, he started learning Hebrew. He's a very clever child. Yeah. So we were able to communicate. And also, I'd, I'd say another thing that um, uh, Yusuf is, um, Yusuf is, one second, uh, the son of a, of a deaf mother. And he's a ch- the only uh, son, only child. So I think that he's in the situation of communicating for her uh, in many, you know, stages in his life. So I think he has even more, um, I think he's in his, better than other children or other people in communicating and uh, catching up languages. I think it's something that he needs for his like survival in a way. So maybe that yeah. also helped. Yeah, and, and I would I would also add to that. Uh, I saw in him and I saw in, and as well as in Sahar the the desire to communicate with you. I think right. with, especially in that initial um, time you spent with him, he wanted to be able to make a connection with you. It, he seems it just all everything about him in this film points to his intelligence and his it's funny. There's an awareness of the world, but then he lives in a very isolated and kind of uh, right we're, world. Right. So he's trying to make sense of things that uh, under most circumstances are, you know, it's hard to imagine, hard to imagine how he does mm-hmm. that. But I think that desire on his part to want to communicate. And so obviously that relationship initially mm-hmm. stuck with you and, uh, and you, their desire to go back and see them where there, was there any, uh, Sahar seems also, I mean, she doesn't seem wildly enthusiastic. Maybe that's her nature too, but she certainly seems willing to, you know, be, be a part of, of, of this film right. in the way that, right. is that, is, I don't want to be unfair to her. So I just can, ima- I can imagine yeah. her reticence uh, if that's, if that's. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, I think that um, she was very happy with our arrivals each time. She was yeah. happy with the time we spend uh, with Yusuf. I think she was also happy with the idea of making uh, this film. But she also had um, issues that have something to do also with, like, just tradition and, and woman and, you know, yeah. lots of the issues of, like, you know, it's important for us, her to always film her with her hair is covered. And also she didn't want a very uh, leading role. In the beginning I felt, you know, I was even sorry a little bit about it because I really think she's a remarkable, and I think you can feel it, that she's a remarkable mother. Yeah. But she really is a uh, very powerful uh, character, uh, her own. But I think it's also pretty good in the end that we able to focus um, on Yusuf and through his eyes or watch his eyes, watch the world, um, like this double observation. But yeah, so I, I had limited, um, in a way, limited access to her. I mean, what she gave us was wonderful, but yeah. there are many times that she preferred not to be on camera. Well, and she's a loving mother, and I think she she sees that this is yeah. something Yusuf is, he's he lights up around you. And uh, I mean, he performs yeah. for you. I mean, there he, he's, he is, uh, he is a an inquisitive child who wants to know more about the world and, and, and mm-hmm. exploring. So then I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Tamar Kay. The film is called the mute's house and it is a uh, winner of the president's award at the full frame film festival, as well as a special jury award at the IDFA. Uh, and, and also in not to, <laughs> and in no small <laughs> feat an Academy award shortlisted film for the short doc program. Um, I do want to get into more. I want to talk more about the film, and and but I also when you heard that your film had been shortlisted, what was what was your reaction to that? 
Um, I think I'm still in like this uh, long, uh, overwhelmed reaction in a way. Um, I was very, very, very happy in some ways, surprised. I mean, the, my co-producer Ariel Richter, he wasn't surprised. He was like very, you know, focused <laughs> on it. I was. It caught me like a little bit in surprise. I was actually in Berlin, uh, finishing post-production of another short I was making there, and we had this like very intimate um, screening of the Mute House in this like. Um, garage in Berlin that at night comes in a cinema. There were like six people there. That's very intimate. Like, the, the opposite of like the uh, you know, Academy Awards. Yeah. We left that screening. I opened my email and saw that email. Um, so I was, I was pretty uh, surprised. And, but of course, also very, very honored. Um, I did not make this film initially. Of course, not for this moment, but really, you know, honestly, not for these things. I really made this for Israeli audience. Um, but I know that this will hopefully help me to maybe reach even more people in Israel. Um, and, uh, yeah, and on the way, meeting wonderful yeah. filmmakers and being exposed to a lot of cinema, wonderful cinema around yeah. the world. Yeah. I'm just very full of, uh, you know, gratefulness at this point. Well, well, congratulations and well-deserved. Well yeah, it's, it's again, and, and I also want to uh, just kind of spotlight uh, the cinemat- your cinematographer, Ziv, yeah. Zivi, how do you, what's his, say his name for me. His name is, his, his name is Zvi Lanzmann. Okay. Zvi, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's just terrific. I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of difficult situations I'm sure you found yourself in making yeah. this film. And let's go back a little bit and recap the film. I don't think I did a very good job of explaining. They are in this sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't bad. Okay, <laughs> all right. Explanation. I, I can. Uh, yeah. is like it's a big city. It's divided into an Israeli side and a Palestinian side. It happened in 1997. They decided to divide it. The main, the majority of Hebron is Palestinian, but there is a small part which is under Israeli control. And practically, there is army there everywhere. Um, the settle, settle, Jewish settlement there. The settlers there are known to be more extreme or the, the extremists among. Uh, settlers and um, and there's an, there's a lot of tension from both sides in that area that's why uh, they decided to divide in the first place that's why there's so many restrictions and um, weird situations within the Israeli side so there are Palestinians who live there but in their area in Saddam Yusuf's area where they live and in the um, road around they're the only one that still live there because the others left and people decided to not to leave or people uh, normally can't for themselves to leave the Palestinian side for many reasons if it's Poverty, but if it's also because they're avoiding the law mm. on the Palestinian side, or they're sick, mm-hmm. um, and I think that Sahar and uh, Sahar decided decided to stay there. I think it, it, it's in a very weird way. This like being isolated in an island kind of creates some quiet for her. You know, she has her own issues, and her son has his own disabilities, and she has that ability of just like staying. I mean, you know, she crosses the Palestinian side. She meets uh, family members there. She does her shopping there, whatever. But like. In a way, she also benefits from this island situation. Yeah, it, it's kind of a buffer between the the Jewish quarter and the and the Palestinian mm-hmm. quarter, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you don't get into that part a lot about why they're still there, but I, I, com- I sounds absolutely logical what you're saying about their their desire to stay where they are. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. I think that that between the two of them. Um, we haven't mentioned uh, that Yusef uh, was born without, based essentially without his uh, left arm, and right. uh, and she is, she's actually not mute. She's actually deaf. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, and that's that's kind of an interesting thing how that all evolved. But um, mm-hmm. and I I want also want to talk about two things. One is uh, the relationship between the two, between mother and son, and how mm-hmm. warm he is towards her. And she and you right. can see him break her down in way in in the in the course of the movie and when in certain scenes where she's reticent or reluctant to you know to be as playful, but he he seems like an endlessly playful person in this film. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Um, is it, yeah. So they're so they have a what what seems to me a very a very warm and loving relationship. So yeah, yeah. I think playfulness is an interesting word in this uh, uh, film because I really felt at points that even I forgot that we're shooting a film. And there was like this playfulness feel to it in, in many aspects. I mean, before and after shooting, and you know, even the, there's a scene at night that, like, basically, we're the only two people in the streets, and like this abandoned street. It's half creepy, half fun. We're playing with the light of the iPhone, you know. Yeah. Um, so playfulness is indeed something very. I think it's also maybe part of you know, um, part of the way he survives so uh, remarkably in, in, in the world with like this very uh, healthy attitude. And I also feel that, like, I could really imagine in his circumstances, like, growing up with only a mother and a father that enters in and out of his life and has a um, a complicated influence on him, you could say. Uh, and also she being deaf and he being struggling with his own stuff. And as he said, he's born with one hand. He has this limp in his leg. He could also be like a rebellion. He could be a very hard kid. But, but indeed, I, I am always so impressed by how he adores her and loves her. Uh, I think he's also, um, and people maybe forget it when they see the film, but he's very, very mature to his age. Yeah. I mean, he's at, 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 in the film, he's eight years old. Eight-year-old, I mean, next time you see, I don't know, a nephew or whatever who's eight years old, notice what people, what kids do at the, that age. And think about Yusuf, because he's so advanced, and he's, yeah. I think, world and life kind of made him grow up even quicker. Uh, and I think maybe that's also part of his, like, understanding of what a, uh, what an amazing woman his mother is, and being yeah. appreciative of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. I okay. What I ask you about that? I thought it was a wonderful decision. I don't know exactly if that's the right way to put it, but to, uh-huh. to giving him the camera, uh, you gave him a, yeah. a video camera, and, and and again, I mean, wow, for a, for a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his circumstances, to have that ability to now express himself. What a wonderful mm-hmm. outlet for him that must have been. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about what, yeah. what went into that. Uh, to yeah, why. sure. Uh, it was actually early in the in the shooting. I felt that um, there were two things. First of all, I noticed that it was really interested in in the film equipment and how the mechanism works and, you know, to play around with it. I just noticed, you know, he has like this, I guess as I also had as a child, this, you know, attraction for this world when I was exposed to uh, filmmaking or whatever. So I saw that in him also, like this curiosity, and I thought it could be a nice thing to give him a camera. And then there was the other level of me feeling, you know, that I want to make him a more active, um, to have a more active role in the storytelling of his own story. You know, because I'm coming with my um, point of view to tell the story of this family or to try to see the way he uh, observes the world around him, uh, how he sees himself and his identity. And I thought that it could be an interesting and important level to... Uh, to bring in his literary point of view. And I think also the third thing is that because of all the, you know, this weird situation I was talking about in Hezbollah, of yeah. areas that Palestinians can't cross, there's also areas that Israelis can cross. And I was also curious about that, you know. I mean, it, the curiosity brought me in the first place to there, to get to know the place, the people, and I just felt that, you know, he can even go in and bring me footage from places I can't go in. So it was a lot of fun also going back home after I, like, um, 
uploaded the, the, the media from his uh, SD card. I went to the editing room with Shiram. This was my friend, and we were just like watching, uh, trying to see what what do we get today. It's like you know the surprise, uh, yeah. surprise each uh, editing session. Well, and you also get to see what's important to him. Yeah, yeah, you right, totally. And, yeah, yeah, and to hear the the conversation he's having with friends while he's filming, you know, these remarks on. Oh, this camera is just great. I can really uh, film all the universe with it. Uh, well, now I'm tired a little bit. My hand hurts, you know, because he does have one hand. Yeah. Why don't you come on, lazy, come to shoot a little bit? You, you know, he's talking to a friend of his. Yeah, and and again, there's there's a lot of layers to this. Well, by the way, we're speaking with to Marquez. She's the director of the film, The Mute's House. It's uh, uh, where if people want to see this, are we are we still in festivals or how how are people going to be able to um, see your, your film? Actually, there is a festival in Irvine, California. That's I think where you you said. That. I mean, in Irvine, yeah. California, yeah. there's a yeah, so there's a festival that's going to be there in January, like in a week or something. Okay. So that I don't have the exact uh, date with me, but uh, on the website, I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it because yeah. I do know we do have. And one we also here. have okay. we also have a Facebook page and a website and we'll have there more updates about where you know where you can see the film uh okay. in the near future very good i want to before i let you go i want to ask you a couple yeah. of things about the um have uh has uh yousef and uh and sahar have they seen the film yeah they saw the film in uh in the screening in the beginning of uh last year they showed them the film at home it was an interesting uh, it was interesting for me to see them, especially Yusuf, because uh, I think, I mean, I can't imagine myself watching a film about my life, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it's always a very interesting, weird um, thing to see. Well, tomorrow, um, I tomorrow. Think there were, to I think it, and there were moments there that I think it was like, oh, I was so childish last year, you know, like okay. watching these, like, uh, him being, you know, laughing and funny and stuff like that. Um, but I think it was like something very, uh, very interesting and strong. And I, you know, because he's a child, he's still, I mean, I remind myself that he's so uh, mature. He's still 10 years old. I'm trying to be very gentle with all this, like exposure to screenings and stuff, you know, uh, because they live a very different life than, of course, here in the U.S., but also in Tel Aviv or wherever, like in, in Israel. Um, so I didn't want to create like, a, too much of a shocking experience for the, for him. Uh, you know, to like come and uh, see himself, and then like going back. I mean, there's things that I hope to do in the future with him, uh, mm. um, with, in use with with the film. But at this point, uh, you know, I, I feel you know I need to also protect him in a way. Yeah, and I that's interesting. You should say that because as you as you're talking about, I could see huh? you, I could see you revisiting him. I could see kind yeah. of I could see sort of a seven up kind of thing with yeah. him, with him. Uh, because yeah, bec- uh, because he is yeah, some, yeah. yeah he's in a unique pl- place this yeah, this yeah. place he finds himself uh, where where and this life he's living and you know exposure to essentially both sides and I want to compliment you on the way the film opens and essentially opens and it closes because I think that's a wonderful motif that you introduce mm-hmm. into the film um, mm-hmm. and I, I I appreciated that I thought uh, it was a a, a very uh, a, a way to kind of bring kind of a, a, a sense of reality to their situation. We've watched them. We've been with them. We've seen their life. We've gotten to know them. And then you kind of bracket it with the life that on the outside, just out beyond mm-hmm. the walls of their of the, where they live and, and, and the realities of that. And uh, yeah, I thought that was yeah. a beautiful way to do that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like leaving one tour guy. Yeah, yeah. Tour, uh, yeah. In order to have like this other kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, and and you are our tour guide through their life in in a yeah. way that's yeah. uh, you know very much uh, very illuminating and humanizing. Again, I I said it uh, earlier to you. This is such an intimate film and uh, and a wonderful kind of. Uh, fully, I say. I mean, it's a wonderful, moving portrait of of the, their life, and mm-hmm. and also, without getting into the politics, it's also you know it's it's hard not to kind of see over the hill and see mm-hmm. the whole situation really must be playing out like for a lot of people in this yeah. in this situation. Well, uh, I want to congratulate you again for uh, not only for the film but also for the recognition it's receiving, and, and, and of course the short listing of the documentary series. And wish you all the best. I I I continue. I will look for your work uh, uh, later as 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 things move forward. And hopefully, uh, you know, when you come out with another project, I'd love to have you come back on Film School. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for the conversation for all the uh, beautiful things you wrote. You said, and yeah, we'll be in touch. Definitely. <laughs> to to Marque, the 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 Mutes House. Uh, this the film, uh, wonderful film. And thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you. Thank you. All thank right. you. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.